This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, it's Saturday night puts the Bruins up 11 points on them and Bruins still have two games in hand. So, yeah, it's... I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or just in a conversation I was having with someone this week, but uh, there were years like, especially 2019 where Bruins Leafs was like locked in as a first round matchup, like four months before the playoffs because Tampa was running away the division and they were clearly the two, three. And now this year it's happening with Toronto and Tampa where like Bruins are running away at the division I would say it's like 98% sure that it's going to be Leafs lightning in the first round. And those teams already know it. And it's one of the reasons why I just, you know, this is a little bit of an aside, but I just hate this playoff format. Like I hate that with, you know, just about four months left in the regular season, two teams know pretty much with a good amount of certainty who they're playing in the first round. Like that's kind of lame to me. Um, But nonetheless, that should be a great first round series. And, uh, if you're the Bruins, obviously, you, you know, if that's how it plays out, you have to take care of your business first, but you hope those two teams just go to town on each other. It goes seven games and, you know, they're, they're both whoever comes out of it, hopefully pretty beat up by the end. Yeah. And, and this was the case for those two teams last year, right? Just, just split Boston for Florida because Florida ran away with the, you yeah. know, the, the division last year and, and, and Tampa and Toronto knew they were going to be the two, two and three matchup. Um, I mean, Boston wasn't too far behind them, but it, again, like like you said, you you know you know who you're facing, and it's just like, well, at, at least the two three matchup, and yeah, I like if nothing else, it, the the one through eight format adds excitement for fans because I remember back when it was the one eight format, like you'd be watching the Bruins in the standings, right? And usually they were in the Eastern Conference over the last fifteen years. The Bruins have usually fallen between like you know first or you know, fifth, I feel like in the, in the, in the East, like they've never really had, like, I don't think they've had like a eight seed playoff run, except for like back in like 07, 08. So my point is, is like, you're always watching when the Bruins are, but you're, you're paying attention to who that, that counterpart would be. So like, cause like if the Bruins were second place, it's like, there's like four different options for who could be the seventh place team. And it would go down to the wire and you never knew who their matchup was going to be. And it made it exciting as a fan. You'd be like, Oh, we're going to get Philly or you know Pittsburgh or whoever it's, it's now it's like, I guess this year it is kind of like that for the Bruins because they are first in the Atlantic, so that mystery for the Bruins still remains. But you know, for the two threes, it's 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 unfortunate. Um, so, was was there any other main takeaways from the game before we get to some some other Bruins news? I know there was some individual efforts, like Pashnak gets his thirty third of the year, uh, so he keeps climbing the, the goal scoring ranks. Um, 
was anything that, that jumped out to you about this game you wanted to go over in particular before we move on to some other? Um, so, at, like, everything that happened at the end of the second period, you know, where uh, really everyone was out on the ice kind of going at each you know, just yelling at each other mostly, but Greer and, and Simmons were at the center of it. Um, I asked Greer, Greer about it after the game, and, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't going to say exactly what was being said, but he didn't like, he felt like Simmons kind of took an unnecessary run at Bergeron uh, late in the period. And so, you know, he was kind of going at him for that. He, he wanted to fight him. Simmons had already fought Felino earlier in the game. Uh, but Greer said that, uh, when they were going to the box for the start of the third period, he like kind of looked over at Simmons and he was like, y- you know, you would have done the-, the same thing. Like if someone did that to your guys and he said, Simmons looked at him and was like, yeah, you're right. So, you know, so that was kind of cool where it's like, again, don't know exactly what they were yelling at each other, but um, sort of that, you know, a little bit of respect. Like obviously Simmons has been around. He knows, like you mentioned with the fight with Felino, like he he gets it. He he knows what his role is at this point. He used to be you know legitimate scoring power forward. Now he's you know fourth line agitator, tone setter. Um, you know try to keep guys on the other team in line type player. So he gets it, and you could tell like as much as they don't like each other and are you know jawing at each other. There's also that kind of mutual respect of like each one understanding what the other is doing. Yeah, there's no, yeah, it's exactly that. That's a, I also like how um, Greer's a very transparent uh, individual. So you always, you always have to appreciate he's one of the, cause a lot of times, you know, players will say, yeah, well, we'll keep that on the ice between, between the guys, but you know, he went there and it's, it's a, uh, it's good for us to talk about. Uh, and Wayne Simmons. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he's only played 10 games this year, last night included. So he's not, he hasn't been a regular um, so you knew when he stepped into the, in the lineup last night, it was for a reason. Uh, and, and he went out there and he did his thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, a pros guy, you know, going out there doing his job. I don't think there was too many hard feelings. Obviously if Bergeron gets hurt on a certain play, it's then, yeah, that changes things, but, um, didn't turn out to be that way. Um, but yeah, so Scott, I, I did want to, uh, I wanted to ask you, were you surprised by, I guess I don't, and I don't know how much you heard or listened to, but were you surprised by after the Seattle game how it seemed like NHL media, Canadian media, kind of took that and ran with it as a, as kind of like this is the blueprint to beat the Bruins? Like it's like really the, the, you, you lose one game and that's the blueprint. I mean, yeah. what's the, the better question is what's the blueprint to beat the Bruins when the Bruins are on their game, not when they throw up a dud? Right. Like so, I feel like. I, when I wrote my story Thursday night, I hadn't really seen much of that. I think it kind of began more the next day, but it was almost like I somehow anticipated it coming because uh, I ended my story with like basically asking the question, like, did the Kraken provide a blueprint? And my conclusion was, well, sure. It, you know, if you catch the Bruins on an off night, if you're one of the, two or three teams that is even remotely as deep as them. And if you get a great goaltending performance, like, okay, there's your blueprint. But yeah, yeah, to your point, like step one in that blueprint was catch the Bruins on an off night. So, uh, you know, good luck with that. They haven't had many of them this year. Um, 
But yeah, that is kind of silly. Like, look, I think obviously any team that's going to beat them is going to have to be really good at five on five. Um, you know, the Bruins have the number one penalty kill in the NHL and the number three power play. I don't think anyone's going to be able to rely on winning special teams battles. Obviously, you know, special teams within any one game can always be crazy and go any direction. But like over the course of a series, you would expect the team that has been better on special teams all year to ultimately have the edge. So I do think, you know, if someone's going to beat them four times in seven games, they're going to have to be able to compete at five on five and Seattle and Toronto are two teams that can do that. So, you know, one gets the better of the Bruins in Seattle. Uh, the other Bruins get the better of Toronto, you know, outscored them four two at even strength. Uh, one of Toronto's goals was a power play goal. So, um, yeah, I don't think like it, it was a weird storyline Seattle, I don't think offered anything, um, groundbreaking in terms of like, oh my God, look at this. They figured it out. Like, no, Seattle's just a really good, really deep team that has been on fire, by the way, like, you know, had won six in a row going into that. Um, Martin Jones has been playing some, you know, been on one of the hottest streaks of his career. Obviously, uh, you know, most of his career, he's been average at best goalie, kind of just middle of the pack. Um, he's been hot recently and he was really good in that game, but no, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it offered like anything beyond you have to be that good and you have to catch them on an off night. And there aren't many teams that are that good. And the Bruins don't have many off nights. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great way to sum it up. I mean, yeah, I mean, Seattle was on a uh, a very impressive um, road trip that included thumping Toronto. Um, so, look, Seattle's building something really cool over there, and I think, look, I, I think the, if you look at the the ways in which the Bruins have bowed out in the playoffs in recent years, and to the teams they've lost to, right? You look at the Islanders, you look at you know, St. Louis and Tampa and, and Carolina. Um, yeah, you know, the Bruins weren't as deep in any of those runs as they are right now. So let's just put that as, on, aside for a second. But I don't think it's a – it's not even necessarily a, a Bruins kryptonite. I think this is the recipe to beating any team, really. Uh, I don't think the Bruins are any different uh, from that. They're not special in that sense. Like, you mentioned five-on-five five scoring. Like, all those teams that have beat Boston in the past, like – the one thing they did really well was they're they're very a very good checking team, very tight checking. Uh, they back check their back pressure was great, their four check pressure was great, and and that's what you saw a lot of Seattle doing. Like their 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 forwards were relentless in all three zones. Like they, there was no there was no letdown, there was no give up. You know the puck goes the other way, they they stop and they start and they're back checking. Um, so yeah. You can get to be really, really tight checking team. That that's obvious, but I don't think that's not that's not a Bruins specific thing. That's a recipe to beat anybody. So, um, and when the Bruins are playing their game, you can be tight checking. And I still think the Bruins because that's how they play too. 
you know, it's not really a huge advantage. It's just kind of how to play another strong team. But Seattle was impressive. Um, Matty Beniers is having a great year for them, a local tie. And I, I know he had a, a chance to play in front of family and friends. The leading, I think he's leading rookies in scoring. Um, was is 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 it, uh, is it Hextall? Is is that the coach over there in Seattle? Hextall, yeah, Dave Hextall. Dave Hextall, yeah, he was formerly in Philadelphia, and that that didn't go too hot. So I'm starting to think it's a Philadelphia problem. But um, no, Seattle was impressive. I was happy for that win for them. Um, and, and my takeaway from that game was uh, they were the better team over 60, and they they earned that win. So I had no issue with it. Little thump for the Bruins. Little piece of humble pie, and uh, they, they 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 geared up and. They brought it uh, last night against Toronto. So it's a good reminder for the Bruins. Um, but, yeah, it was just interesting to see that storyline kind of take off. It's like the team loses once, and it's like, oh, this is how you beat the big bad giant. It's yeah. like, come on. You know who I think Seattle could remind me of come playoffs? Can I guess? Um, is like Carolina in the several years kind of building up to now yeah. where I look at that Seattle team and it's like, even though Martin Jones has been great recently and was on Thursday night, I still feel like goaltending could be their downfall. Um, like I said, Jones basically like middle of the road goalie for his career. Philip Grubauer has really struggled in Seattle. Um, and I still feel like that team lacks true high in town. They're, they're deep, but like, do they really have game breakers? I think Matty Beniers is on his way to becoming one, but expecting him to be that as a rookie in, in the playoffs might might be a little ambitious. He might not quite be ready for that. Um, so like I could see them, you know, I could see them going out and I could see them winning of the first round going on the second to Vegas. Um, and this, you know, sort of being a real kind of growing moment for them, which look, if in year, given how bad year one for them went, if year two means, uh, getting to the second round and giving Vegas a good run at it. Like, Hey, that's, that's a really good year too. So, um, but that, as I was just kind of like looking over their roster, that's sort of what came to mind was like some of those Carolina teams where goaltending was a question mark and they were deep. They played the right way, but didn't quite have like that game breaking high end offensive talent. Yeah. Kind of, kind of similar to, the, those early Vegas teams before they people around the league realized they were good. So then they started to attract some, you know, free agents and whatnot. It was, but yeah, I think actually Carolina's a, a better comp actually because Carolina to this day, I mean, you know, you add Pacioretty, you add Brent Burns, um, you have homegrown talent and Shreshnikov and Aho, but like they still kind of lack that, that big guy, that, that big star, but they remain to be one of the better, better teams. So I think that's a good, that's a good comparison. Um, yeah. So, uh, We'll see how it plays out. I think Seattle's. Uh, it's just you know if you're if you're out in if you're a fan of like the Oilers and, and the Flames and it's like you're sitting there and, and you, you did not have missing the playoffs because of you know Seattle uh, on your bingo card and uh, I mean you have I mean whatever we're not we're not Oilers fans but it's just kind of like they they did come out of nowhere again because last year they sucked right like last year they were exactly the epitome of of a, of a uh, expansion team. Yeah. Um, they had they had a couple injuries to some 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 heartbeat players like I think y- Yanni Gord was out for a while last year and I think Tanev missed time and like those guys they're not going to make any All Star games but but they work their asses off and they set the tempo for that team so um, yeah good for Seattle uh, so I was yeah. gonna say like it's cra- if you, if you're Connor McDavid it's like your career is the NHL keeps 
adding these expansion teams to your division and within two years they're better than you, than what your team's able to build. It's just like, what the fuck? What the hell's going on here? That is so true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Edmonton's a, you know, they're a storied franchise. Uh, I mean, but... And obviously went went on a good run last year, but yeah, you know, well, we're, we're still a, we're still flawed even run. as they did that. He went on a good run last year. That yeah. team sucked outside of him and Drysaddle, and they still do. I mean, I, I'm I'm adamant. Like, look, if you take away any team's top two players, like, okay, yeah, it's easy to say like they're probably not like obviously very good, right? But if you were to take away whatever, pick pick two players from Boston: Bergeron, McAvoy, Pashnak, Marshan, whatever. Okay, well, Mar- Martian and McAvoy out to start the well, season. And that's a, that's exactly my point, right? So, yeah, so look at the Bruins earlier this year, right? They're still, they, they still were 15-1-1. Now, obviously, that was remarkable. But, like, if you take away Dreisaitl and McDavid from Edmonton, I, I like, they're, they're a lottery team. They suck. They, they might not win bad. 10 games in, in an 82-game season. It's like... Though God forbid one of those guys gets an injury, right? Which would be awful for the game because we want to see them play. But like, my God, I mean, how how many years have they had to to surround those guys with some actual pieces? And yeah, here and there they add somebody, but it's like you, they, they they have the same core there. Like they've won three cups. It's like I'm talking about like around them, right? Like Nugent Hopkins, they never considered moving for somebody or whatever. I don't know. We'll we'll see it. We'll see if those guys stick around when their terms are when they're. Their deals are done. I think they're locked in for a while, though. So 